All right, here we go. Hey, you guys, my name is Marshall Morris, and uh, today on In the Trenches podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing my beautiful wife, Jessica. Say hello. Hello. Thank you. And so, uh, you're welcome. And this is our first episode, episode 001, and um, for us, we felt called to launch this podcast because uh, through our journey of business and life and everything... Um, we feel like we learn the most when we really, uh, we learn the most through the hardest times. Would you agree with that too? Yeah. Not just learned the most, grew the most. Mm. So grew the most. So here, and we also, whenever I hear, when I hear, when I see someone who's successful, for example, or whatever, and I learn about them, what really connects me to them at a whole other level is when I learn about their struggles and because I realize what they've gone through and, there's a lot of learning that happened. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of this podcast is actually to unpack the lessons we learned in hard places. And that's how we celebrate success. It's not just looking at like what we've done, but what we've gone through. So without further ado, the first thing we wanted to do is share our story. Okay. So where do, you start? Where do we start? 2007, probably. Okay. <laughs> so um, Jessica and I met at a, uh, we both were in real estate and mortgage, right? And I had, uh, I got a job there, um, and this is during, it's about 2006, 2007. Six. Okay. I asked her because she's way better with dates than I am. I'm a detailed person. Yeah. So, definitely detailed, and I'm not if you have not noticed, or and you will notice that probably. Um, <clears throat> so basically, we met, and then, um, then, so it was, a, it was a time of the, mar- the real estate market was booming. There's a lot of money to be made and we had the right place at the right time. And so we made good money at that age. And probably more money than anyone, any of my friends or family had made at that age. And um, we had no business acumen at all. Would that be a fair thing to say? Or maybe I didn't. But basically we just, we worked for people and we made good money. And then we said, hey, um, and then I think what happened was... Um, I got really sick. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was at working. All of a sudden, I got sick, and I remember it was I was so sick. The doctors couldn't figure it out. No one could figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I literally would go to the emergency room every day or every other day. My throat was swollen. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. It was so much pain, mm-hmm. and they couldn't figure it out. Like it was just mystery, and I couldn't work. And you lost a significant amount of weight. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. And I remember this is the time where me and Jessica really started bonding because I remember your mom made me chicken noodle soup and you brought it to my apartment. You used to check on me. Yeah, that's when we were just freshly dating and it probably gave me the opportunity to uh, use those mothering skills ah. the first time and take care of somebody, take care of mm-hmm. take care of you. You were sick for what, maybe a month. Yeah, it was a month. You were out of work for, I think, the month. Yeah, so we, we were in a business where most of our money was made by com- from commission. Mm-hmm. So, and so you have pipeline of deals. So your deals, you're working on me with your clients. Like if you miss a month, then you start all over. So um, I'm, I remember that was, I remember being just not leaving the room. I remember hallucinating. I was that sick. I literally was at night, couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing, I had no family here. Um, so in, this is in Cal- Southern California. And so Jess brought me food and she kept me alive. <laughs> and um, after that, I mean, I came out of that and it was so weird because I felt like the reset button had been pushed. Like everything I'd been working on 
it had been 30 days and it, it really wasn't much there. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna, let's do this. Let's do our own business. Like, this, it can't be hard. Well, we had so much knowledge from the years. I had done it for eight years, six years at that mm-hmm. point, uh, processing. Yep. And Marshall was a sales guy and he's naturally great at it. You can sell anything to anyone. So we were, <laughs> we assumed we had all the tools necessary to go off on our own. I think for that business, we were, we were, we were right in assuming that we were doing, we were, you know, we did really well for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and we both quit our jobs. Yeah, we quit it. <laughs> I was already like, I was halfway out the door anyways. Um, just cause I was sick. So I'm like, let's do it. And I had no idea of actually how the back office works. So we like threw it together. We got a good friend of ours and, um, David sample, a shout out. And he, be- and he was like, I'm down, let's do it. Yep. And it was really awesome he was on board for that because uh, it was mm-hmm. good to have somebody like jump with, right? With us. Yeah, we had a few friends join us along yeah. the way. Tom Brown. Tom Brown up there. <laughs> where are you at? Shout out. And um, what happened? So we, we do this. It's about early 2007. And I ran. So I had, during the period of time, because I was making good money, you know, I had access to good credit. And I started, I was like, okay, we'll launch it. I put a ton of money. Uh, everyone kind of pitched in. But I put a ton of money in credit cards. You had to buy leads to call people. Like you had to find new clients and you yeah. had to put things together and you got to rent and you got to have uh, licensing fees. You got to pay for things. And so, um, we had a little office in Tustin, Tustin, California, a little office. Yep. And I remember, um, I remember I was so fired up. I was so hungry. I was like excited for my first real business. Um, that felt like had substantial opportunity and potential. I remember showing up, we had one car. I remember showing up like 5 a.m there and um so we were working that now during that time right in the middle of it um i remember jessica uh we had you got sued right was that that was right a couple things happened 2007 happened which is like it's like the well that once we opened up our mortgage shop in tustin we didn't see the forecoming mortgage collapse and that's when 2007 happened that's when everything right. started and started right south but and, before that before and that yeah i was served with a lawsuit like a very you were in a lawsuit. very you were in a uh, really an accident where really like very small it was in a minor car accident and um, then, that would happen years prior and was served papers um, I went through a whole lengthy court process, jury and all, two weeks in court. Yeah, it was day, like fighting for just, my justice. Yeah, justice and fighting to not be just severely indebted for the rest of my life as at 23 years old. Yeah. So I remember. I remember that when we were sitting there. It was just like, yeah, that was tough. Um, and it was like you just don't. If you've never been through the court system before, and you go to you're going to trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was tough, and their attorney looked like the part, and they're trying to it's squeeze very, money out of you. Very yeah. intimidating for a twenty-three-year-old young woman to be in court. Yep. And then on top of that, during that period of time, I think is what you had a seizure, right? I did. Two thousand seven struck again. Seven's my lucky number, but <laughs> apparently not <laughs> yeah. that time. I I had a unexpected grand mal seizure in March of 2007, which spiraled me kind of into a dark period of fear and anxiety 
when something like that happens unexpected and the doctors cannot tell you why they don't know you why you don't you don't know if it's going to happen again you don't know if it's going to happen when you're driving or when you're in a shower or when you're vulnerable and um we we know unfortunately people who have died as a result of an injury from, from seizure and it's a very scary thing so that's how our 2007 started off the first quarter was just hit after hit after hit and um so so and so so here so we have all that happening while we're trying to launch this business and then i remember it was like march i think it was and like we have some loans, so so we make no money. We're, there's no, we just when we close loans, that's when you get paid. And I remember like it was really weird. It was like we 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 put a package together, and we had, we were working with a, a an office somewhere else that would like just give us the information we needed to um, basically close the loan. And it got weird. I remember it got really weird. Like no one would call you back. All of a sudden, it was like within the span of like a week, it was like, well, this is weird. I'm trying to get information. No one knew what was going on. And then literally overnight, it just seized up. Basically, all the loans that we potentially could do, we can't do now, and the market just fell out. Like it was a pretty rapid. Like it'd been, it'd been uh, falling apart, but it just unraveled. Mm -hmm. And for us, it looked like this. Like instantly, the business had no future. Mm -hmm. You know, for the time being, the market was had just crashed. Like literally, there was no. The subprime. It was the subprime mortgage yeah. issue crash. Yep. There were people. That were over borrowing 100% loan to value. There were people that were stating their income and their assets. There was no paperwork required back then yep. for certain mortgages. Yep. People could make up what they what they wanted to put on paper, and it just started. You know that eventually catches up with the market. That's where that's where foreclosures started getting huge because people were borrowing more than they could afford, um, but they could, you know, they could manufacture on paper how yep. much they could afford. So while we could have, in hindsight, while everyone probably should have seen that coming, it just hit so fast. Yeah. It hit so fast and the banks were just done. No yeah. one was going to do those loans anymore. And so we it dried up our office and we had to abandon ship. Yeah. So, um, so how, way in debt, over leveraged because we're like, oh, we'll put a ton of money in. I'll, I'll borrow a ton of money in credit cards to get it going. Then obviously we can make money as we go and then pay it off or whatever. It didn't happen. And um, so next couple months, it was like, okay, cool. Wow, what are we going to do? And the whole world changed for everybody that was in that business. And so uh, her parents had a place. Um, we, we just got married. We, we got married so that year. 2007 in August, um, after just one year of meeting each other, yep, we, we got, got we married. Did. Yep, six months, and we then got we got married. married one year to the day of really yep. being introduced. And... That was the only wonderful thing that happened in 2007. Um, I mean, we, we were broke too. I mean, I remember we were like, uh, we would, we had no up. way to pay rent mm -hmm. money. We had no money. We didn't have a job. We had nothing. We had no way to pay rent. So like the the wedding, we ran the wedding. We got just enough money yeah. the next morning after the wedding. <laughs> So if you provided cash for the wedding, I want to say thank you because you paid our rent. We, <clears throat> the night the wedding ended, we went to our hotel room and we opened the cards that everyone so graciously gave us and we counted what we had and we had just enough to pay the last month of rent at our apartment that was, the lease was coming up due. 
So our our the financial gifts that everyone gave us, you know, they had an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They helped us finish out our lease, and then when that was paid and our lease was closed out, we realized we didn't we hadn't really planned ahead, and we hadn't thought about the next Mm-mm. step, and we didn't have anywhere to go because. If you may or may not know, California is in a very expensive state to live in. Rent, I mean, for a one bedroom at the time, I was paying eighteen ninety a month for my one bedroom apartment that Marshall and I were occupying. And we just kind of, we had to come up with a plan. Yeah. And luckily we had a supportive, gracious family that helped yep. Uh, us through that season helped us through the next six months so the next six months we spent in Sedona Arizona right so I think so here's there's a couple other events one was we went on the honeymoon to Vegas Uh, we didn't have much money Um, and then we actually ended up cutting it short Uh, you got bit by bed bugs literally got in the hotel room this is no joke we show up okay we drive there we can only drive there that's all we have enough money for a couple rooms I think someone put us up or something like that we sit down on the bed. Instantly, Jessica has welts all over her body. We were like, hold on. What's up? We call them. They come to the inspection. They're like, you're fine. But her whole body was eat, like, I eating was wearing, alive. I was wearing shorts. And we just got in there. And it was a nice hotel. And we actually got a very nice um, suite. So I, I believe like as a part of a gift for a wedding just to have a couple nights, I think two nights in Vegas. Yep. And we were there for five minutes. And I sat on the bed in my shorts. And I had red welts. All over, yeah, all over my legs, and then I had to have security, like Las Vegas hotel room security, come and look at my body and take pictures of it, which is crazy, horrifying. Yeah, and then our wonderful friend Josh, if you're listening, came and brought me calamine lotion, (laughs) who lived and worked in Vegas, and he he also helped us, you know, got got it. Yeah, he got it. We ended up getting a. A very nice room for the night. Yeah, and then we realized, like, after a couple days, we were so broke. We're just like, all right, we're going to save our money. Peace out early. So we did. And then, uh, so so Sedona, Arizona, uh, what happened? Her parents, your parents, Jess's parents, what? I just thought of another event. Go for it. 2007, we got audited by the IRS. Oh, my gosh. And not just any audit, you guys. I'm talking... They found tens of thousands of dollars that they they didn't they decided you know we weren't entitled to write off mm-hmm. so on top of, of having our first business attempt fail being in credit card debt being, sued. being jobless going through a very large lawsuit and health issues we then had to come i mean we then had to basically owe the government and when you owe the franchise tax board or the IRS money they do allow you they allow you to come up with a payment plan <clears throat> which you never ever pay off you pay the minimum which i think we're paying well, close to a thousand dollars a month and it's interest and it's fees and our balance never would go down yep and we didn't i mean when you're broke paying the irs a thousand bucks a month when you don't even have a car you don't have an apartment yep. i mean it's you it, it's a whole new kind of like yep. <laughs> you feel just like a whole different kind of like victimized even though i'm gonna own that and you know we didn't make the wisest decisions and we 
Yeah. You know what? We probably did owe. We owed money. You know, we made a lot of money, so we owed a lot of money. Yeah. That's what happens. We didn't see around that corner. We were young. So, and this <laughs> is, uh, we love Sedona. We, it's a special place in our heart because it was part of this journey. So, her parents had a house there. It came up for rent. And um, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. You know, so we packed up all our stuff, like literally a moving truck full of it. And we drove there and we just showed up. Like I'd never been there before. We just were from there all of a sudden. Yeah. And if those of you who know Sedona, Sedona is a s- slow it's, retirement community it's style. Beautiful. It's beautiful and it's tourists, but there's not a lot of local people. A lot of tourism. Yep. A lot of hospitality businesses. You see your hotels and your restaurants and golf courses. And then the people that live there, you know, tend to be middle-aged or, or even retired and just enjoying their yep. life. It's a beautiful place. Highly recommend visiting it. Yes. Shout out to Sedona. Um, yeah. So we showed up with all our stuff in the house, and I don't even think we could pay the first month of rent. Um, we, Jess's mom has been an angel in that sense. Like she, we would call her and be like, hey, we couldn't. We can't, we, we don't, you know, we'd be, we call and be like, hey, we, we, we're trying to put the money together or whatever, whatever. And she'd help us just navigate that whole thing, which is, which is just. My parents were yeah, very both, forgiving yes. and gracious yep. during that time. And yep. we, yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot, but so in Sedona, what happened to us was um, we like, there's no jobs there. Like in for us, for us, <laughs> and also like we were in this mindset. I was in a different mindset. One was like I didn't used to earning a certain amount that that I wasn't willing to pursue things that weren't at the same level financially. And so um, to say that it humbled me was probably an understatement. When we got there, I set up a desk in one of the rooms, and I just was like trying to put together like I don't know, anything. I was like just. Uh, trying to put deals together, trying to find people in real estate that I could do, network with. I just spun my wheels literally with no job for a long time, probably close to at least six months. We were there for six months yep. before we came back to California. And in six months, it broke us. I found hard. a bank teller job at a local bank. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall found a couple jobs. There was a well, yeah, so eventually it was like, well, so eventually... With the job market thing, um, Jess got a banking job, and I got a and I I would not go get a job at first, right? It was hard to get you out of the mindset of wanting to be an entrepreneur and owning your own business to like having to go work for Verizon Wireless and having to go work as a roofer, mm-hmm. which you ultimately ended up doing, yep. but. My job paid enough. I th- I think it was probably like sixteen dollars an hour. It was enough to like have some, you know, the basic, you know, our basic needs. Um, we didn't have, you know, we couldn't pay car payments or yeah, anything, but food and um, a little bit of rent. Yeah, and I remember. So during that time too, we had so that so we came home from Christmas. Went to California. We got and they gave us gifts, and our in-laws spoiled us. And I came home, and I came out the next day, and there were tire marks in the driveway, and my car was gone. And at first, I think I was like, uh, "Did my car get stolen?" I'm trying to find it, trying to find out. Turns out it was repossessed because we were later. We just made a payment too. They just made the insurance payment, 
um, but it was repossessed and it actually had it had all the gifts in it. Do you remember that? Yeah. So <laughs> I tracked down this. So I finally get a hold of a tow truck driver, and I'm in the middle of nowhere in the desert, and me and him are on the phone, just like angry with each other because I can't find this place and I want my stuff back and da 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 da. And he's angry, and it was just it was toxic. Finally met the guy. I, I He takes me in the car. I go there, and I notice, like, my shirt's on the ground outside the car. And I go, and someone had robbed the car. So I wasn't getting the car back because it was repossessed. Like, they're keeping it. But someone stole all of our Christmas presents out of the car. Yeah. And I just felt defeated. And um, I and then I remember, oh, I have serious radio. I'm going to call them. I call them. They're like, hey, you owe us money. So I'm like, ah, click. But, um... I'd, then I had to go back to the Verizon shop where I think I was making like $8 an hour. Um, and that was super humbling too. And then for the construction, I was making 7 bucks an hour and I had to drive 60 miles each way. Do you remember that? I had yeah. to drive. Mm-hmm. So it it humbled us in a way. Like we, it brought us back to reality, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and we call it, I call it our time in the desert. It was literally and mentally figuratively and all yeah. that yeah we met some great people over there that became like a little family and support system there people that would um unsolicited just bring us groceries or let's talk about that yeah okay so that one specifically the event that i remember the most <clears throat> is i think we were sitting in the kitchen and we had nothing no condiments and that's it we had no food you know just nothing yeah i mean and then kind of like canned salmon and canned beans and just a mishmash of whatever we had. Like really but, no. Yeah, just I, running I, low. Yeah. And I remember we were like, I think we were talking like, what do we need? And we get there's a knock at the door. And the this lady, I don't know a if she knew. A lady from the bank that I worked at. A lady that I didn't have any relationship with. I didn't share. I'm not an oversharer. I'm a very private person. So... A lady, a very nice older lady, came by and she had a bunch of like frozen packs of bacon and frozen meats and she just said, I have all this in my freezer and I thought you guys could use it. And she brought toilet paper and necessities and it was one of the one of the first times I think I really felt like a God thing in my life, like in my adult life, like him knowing my needs without me having to like ask him to satisfy them and him divinely bringing someone in and using someone else as a tool to answer, to answer prayers. It was a profound moment. And I think living there and Entirely, that was a time where I got really deep into, um, I think, growing my faith and reading and doing things, doing whatever I could to build something in myself to kind of cling to yep. when I was feeling so hopeless. Yep. I mean, we couldn't even move back. Because we were, we, we didn't, you know, moving is expensive. Even a moving truck, you know, anything. We, it was a long time where we felt, we started feeling stuck there because we couldn't move back or we couldn't go anywhere else. Yep. And once we realized that it, 
it wasn't probably the best place to move because our our skill sets we weren't really you know there wasn't like a job market for what we did there um yeah i was trying to come up with jobs i mean i had so many crazy ideas it was ridiculous um the one that i had i think i don't know if you remember this i was like hey i could do dog massages i do remember that <laughs> and now look at you i heard dogs i'm in the dog <laughs> business wow that's crazy um do you remember that lady's name at the bank <clears throat> Um, the one that brought us the yes. food? I don't. I remember okay. my good friend Peggy and Sarah. I was going to say, if we remember her name, she, I, if, she, just... if she ever hears this podcast, <clears throat> Jessica Marshall Morris, Sedona, uh, we are going to hook you up with a bag of groceries. I think it's actually, there's a lot to be said there that the woman I knew the least, the one I don't even know her name, Ooh. brought us those things. Wow. And I remember also like, being in a really dark place, like a very mentally dark place, and there were people. Um, shout out to Charles Derezzo. Charles, we Rhode, love you, Charles. So <laughs> this is my friend from Rhode Island. I've never met him in life, in real life. It's just weird to say, but he was there for us for so much. And there was really dark seasons where I was just like super depressed and just mentally just not well, and um, in the sense of just like and my mind was in the wrong place and. He was always there to support us and help us. And so, Charles, shout out to you, buddy. Charles. Charles actually baked us chocolate chip cookies once and sent them to us. So you're a wonderful friend, but a wonderful baker. Yeah. A man of many talents. Yes. And so, you know, the the theme there, just to unpack that is, I remember, is you never know what someone's going through. You never know, like, if an act of kindness is what they've been praying for or asking for or longing for. You never know what they're they're in. I mean, you may say it like, hey, I'm just going to send them some cookies or hey, I'm just going to drop some groceries that I don't really need or I'm going to empty clean my freezer out and stuff I wouldn't need anyways. Like, You just never know what someone's going through and when you become a part of their story. And to not second guess that because how many times have we felt like, or me, I felt like, hey, go do this for someone. Mm-hmm. Go give this to someone. I've actually I've actually turned my car around because I felt like I should pull up to some old lady on the sidewalk and do something for her or give her something. And it's like you think, wow, that's really weird. Like they'll probably be really weirded out. Like that's not normal. People don't do that. But just go with it. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know. You don't know if that, I I don't know if that lady that I drove past was praying for something that got just passed on to me and that I was able and privileged enough to be used as a tool to answer one of her needs yep. or prayers. Yep. Like that's an amazing thought. So do good. Just Acts do it. Acts of kindness never go out of style. Yep. They're never yep. weird. Yeah. And we met so many good people that just like <laughs> added value to our life when we felt like we didn't have a lot of value. I remember one of the defining moments, we decided we were going to try to get back to Orange County, and um, we had no way to do that. We had no money, and I remember being in a place where it was like, again, it was just like angry and just resentful, and like, I remember I said to myself, um, I was like, man, I'd kill somebody to get out of this thing. Like, I remember saying that, and I I would not... I I remember. I remember the day you said that. I would never kill anybody, just so you guys know. (laughs) Nobody. But like, the fact that I would say that like when it came out of me it surprised me like I was that angry like I it was just I didn't recognize myself desperate and 
I realized I think that moment a couple things. One is there's when you are in when you go through uh, tough stuff or uh, whatever that definition is. So it's like uh, financial struggles, um, relational mental struggles, whatever it is. There's not a lot of times. There's not like a quick button. Like you push it and you're fine, or you where you where you were. It's just a it's a journey that you begin. And so we, I think that moment and during that during that time we began the journey of like let's go back. It's not going to look the same, but it will look like something. Um, and so. Um, there were, we had made some interesting connections there too. And we were, when we, as we were kind of transitioning out, we were part of other people's lives as well mm-hmm. that maybe we, then we tried to encourage them and stuff, but it was a mental shift. I think it was like from a woe is me to like, all right, like we just gotta, we just gotta crawl in the right direction or walk or slowly stumble in the right direction. So back to Orange County. And so we, we actually had one, th- I had a real estate deal go through and we had not just enough money to get back, and but we didn't have a place to stay. So we decided, so uh, Jessica's parents once were again, gracious enough. Once again, we had to ask to, my folks to just give us yeah. a, a room to sleep in until we found jobs in California, yeah. which didn't, it wasn't too long. It was a couple months, three months, maybe a max. Actually, and... Jess went to work first. She's the most employable. <laughs> I'm not very employable. Um, I, I'm too creative, Some I think, maybe, or I get stir crazy but um and i like i like low risk i'm not a risk taker like you <laughs> yeah, are I like so i would stuff. like just having a steady salary yeah. deposited into my bank every week yeah. and show yeah. up from nine to five yeah but yeah i gotta i started working mm-hmm. i've done loans yeah. it had been almost like a decade so i started doing working for like real estate law offices and then the whole like loan modification boom came after the the foreclosure boom yep um so i got i kind of got sucked up into that bandwagon you know the mess i helped create uh, i don't know if I'd I ended, say that, but well you know by the loans we were we were doing i guess i got to help maybe clean up on in some small scale um yeah so back in real estate yeah and then um for me let's see i think that the next phase she, you were working. I was trying to find stuff. I got a job with a guy named Brian Johnson. So, Brian, if you ever hear this, shout out. Uh, you did fire me, though, so I owe you one. No, but uh, he laid me off, technically. But it was a good thing. It was like uh, I worked for him, and then you know it was just slow. And he said, hey, he felt really bad. But it was I felt like, hey, I'm ready for the next thing, you know? And been trying lots of things. And then a friend comes to me and says, hey, this is Tom Brown again. So, Tom Brown, shout out, number two. <laughs> uh, hey, my friend has a website and he wants you to uh, sell advertising. And at that point in time, I was like willing to sell anything. I just wanted to make some money. Any money. Like wanted to contribute. And I think um, I remember being like, okay, uh, nah, everyone has a website, man. So the next month he asked me again and nothing. And then the next month he asked me again. And I just like, all right. So I go online and look at the website and then I just feel like there's something there. I don't know what it is. So I meet with the guy and I said, hey, I don't, you can't pay me, whatever, whatever. I was like, my wife works. Thank you, Jessica. No problem. And, um, oh, and by the way, sidebar is that uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you better make sure you have a woman who's willing to support you <laughs> because I uh, couldn't have done any of that without Jess. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we started that. So I said, hey, and like I literally wasn't even thinking. I just jumped in. I was just hungry to do something. And add value, and so we got in that, and then I mean, there's a whole mess. Of, there's a whole book there of stories and mm-hmm. things like that. But long story short is, um, 
three and a half years later, um, we sold the business and we had an influx of cash at that time and that really changed it. But the, the interesting part is like we had been changed permanently from yeah, the season permanently. in a good way. And, and also when you were working in that business, we were still living very modestly. We had a very small, humble apartment, nothing to be desired. I mean, I was, we, were, I was bare, um, we, we made just enough to get by yeah, still. And I, was, and I was working while Marshall was um, taking an equity share in the business because it was in infancy and it couldn't pay him. So for a long time, he wasn't on salary there, but he you know, worked for equity in the, mm-hmm. the business and mm-hmm. it ended up paying off a few years later. We mm-hmm. got, you know, a lump sum. It was like a lump sum of money that we, you know, were we actually able, you guys to pay off, to pay off fast forward. This is like, this is like years. Okay. 2007, we owed the IRS. I mm-hmm. think in 2012, you sold the business mm-hmm. and we got a lump sum of money and we were finally able after five years of paying a thousand bucks a month. And not even making a dent in our debt to the IRS. We were finally able to pay yep, it off. Yep. Be debt free. Mm-hmm. Kind of start over. Yeah. Be smarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it was huge. And, and I think that I, I remember the one of the things, the lessons that I pulled out of one of the things I got from that season was um, had to do with like, it, it takes, the, you can make decisions in seconds that take years to oh, correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's almost or, scary. or forever or forever. You know, never, I mean, just correct. like yeah. just like the financial decisions that we had made uh, when we were when you know in two thousand seven, or we we're trying to build the business or whatever, took us years to correct. Years. It's incredible how long it's in pain, and in in the amount we had to correct was even more substantial than the initial, mm-hmm. ish, you know, whatever. So. Um, but the interesting part is like when you have nothing um, and you feel like the you know you just feel you like you're at the bottom um, people have such a power to be able to lift your spirit I think and people enter our lives during that phase who um, just all we needed was just a good presence sometimes that's all, like all you need is a good spirit in your life or someone who's positive or someone who just to help you take the next step. It wasn't like, it was just like almost like sometimes just to get up. You know what I mean? You need to, we just need somebody there to be able to, and there's just those friendships helped us take a step and then a step. Right. And we were learning and then we were growing. And then also confidence is another thing. When you go through that season, you, you, when you think you know everything and then you realize you do not know anything. You've know very little. Um, you battle with uh, self-confidence, um, what you can do. And the other thing that we fight now is once you f- feel that, you're once you go through the fear of losing almost everything or losing whatever it is, um, and and being just like at the bottom, hit the bottom so hard in, in a lot of ways, uh, you you fear it. Yeah, there's a lot of fear. Fear has been a giant, I think, after, like, after that. Because you just like, especially as you had a family, that makes you like, I never want them to feel that. Oh, yeah. It, it be, it's a natural reaction to want to avoid things that cause us pain, right? Of course. 
And but I think that whenever I share this with people too, what they remind me is like you're a different person in a different place with different skill set. Like that the you that got into that is not is not the you that exists. Mm-hmm. Right. And that happened so that we wouldn't I mean, we would never be those people again. I mean Yeah. Right? You grow through. Yeah. You know, we grow through these things. I mean, I, I guess if you're willing to find a lesson there, some people have to learn a few times lesson, you know. Yeah, and I don't want to learn again. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm no. open to um you know, but so in the other, so that, and that's our journey. So the, the to fast forward, um, basically after that one, um, I took a job and I met Justin, my current partner. And, um, two years into that, uh, we kind of got together and said, Hey, there's something with his business that he was building. I said, I want to come on board. Let's do this thing. He said, all right, let's do it. And now we're five years into, um, our business now, which is in the pet space. And it's been its own journey mm-hmm. and its own challenges and its own opportunities. But um, it, it, when you think about the magnitude of the struggle through that, really through this art, like a desert season, it just, everything else pairs in, pales in comparison to the reality of what we, we experienced. You know what I mean? Even though it feels really big, I think that's perspective is that like you remember that no matter what you're going through, you know, like you're a strong person. You've been through stuff before, but it's it feel it may, it may feel in the moment like really big, but um, in the scope of the the big picture, it may not be. What do you think? What are what are any, what are the other lessons? Are there any other lessons? <clears throat> There's another thing. I time, I but... think why the most valuable thing that has come out of just <clears throat> our story just. Everyone has a story, you know, um, is that through, you know, through such difficult seasons and as newlyweds, I mean, the year we got married, the year we met, everything just started going like a fiery crash downhill, you know, mm-hmm. and through it all, I, we never like went after each other. I feel like we, it probably bonded us closer. Mm. And here we are now, fast forward 12 years, married this year. <clears throat> and through all these 12 years, there's never been a time where, like, struggle made us attack one another. We kind of just, like, sometimes, I guess at one point it was, like, we were all we had. Like, you're my buddy. We're that's in this it. together. Like, that's all we're we stuck have. here together. Like, we're going to eat a can of salmon together. <laughs> oh, like, you know, and, and I guess having, yeah. having someone to go through it with I mean I can't imagine going through anything yeah. like hard alone but having someone to go through it with um, it, it, it was I mean gosh I hate to say it but it was like great yeah because it wasn't just also like when you're married with someone and you really want to be evenly yoked and you want to have kind of like the same baseline and for us to both go through the same lessons together simultaneously like it wasn't just like I had a financial meltdown and you know you never experienced that it was mm-hmm. like we went through it together we both know what it's like to have a 400 fico we both know what it's like to have cars repossessed we both know what it's like to owe the irs to do you Be know sued. yeah like all this we did it together um also i think it's just it, it took so long it's not like you said a button like there's not quick fixes to um some of these you know, 
mistakes we made, mm. some of the like right. lack of planning and thinking we were doing. Right. Um, so if this, you know, I from, you know, it took a good five years for us just to kind of get back to like a normal place. Yeah. Yep. You know? Totally. <clears throat> yeah. So all of that, um, I mean, really that's, that's our story. And there's a lot more involved in it. But um, the term I'll use, because we, In the Trenches, um, is the name of the podcast that we're launching, that you guys are now hearing episode 001, the first episode of. Um, <laughs> Probably a that, rough the, Yeah, those are actually, yeah, the trenches are those, those, those temporary dark places that we have, that we get stuck in. Um, those we learn the most out of, and we've learned the most from our, our trench season. I would say that in the, in the, Jessica is my battle buddy. Oh, we are. That's we the are. best term for it. You're my battle buddy. So um, that is all, you guys. It's been a pleasure. Um, Jess, did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, do? Any wisdom you want to, oh, wisdom bombs you want to drop? so bad, like, on the spot. Like, um, I just, a trench is, you know, defined as, like, a long, narrow ditch long and narrow and you think when you're in one it feels so long and it feels so tight and I just I think that that's the perfect name for our podcast and I think that um struggles are a part of life and I love that we're gonna talk about them and we're gonna talk about them with other people because I think I think too often you know podcasts or you know, influencers or whoever, they, they focus so much on like the success story, like the wins, like, okay, the, you know, the, just the windfalls. And like, that is so great. Like we want to celebrate those, like those are worth celebrating. We celebrate ours. I mean, every chance we get, I think that really normalizing the fact that everyone has a story, they all look different. One thing that's hardship for one person isn't quite defined as hardship for another. Um, there's, you know, I just think it, it's it's going to be really great unpacking all of the story before the success story. Yep. And I'm excited. Yep. Me too. I'm going to leave it at that, you guys. Thank you so much. I'm Marshall Morris. This is Jessica Morris. And we, and this is In the Trenches. <laughs>